Welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. I am going to level with you. Commercials with animals showing their loyalty, or commercials involving displays of sentimental love, especially like in an airport or in some other overly dramatized way, I'm going to lose it. Can't control it. The tears start. I can't help it. A great song, a well-done movie, a television show that aims for and directly hits the heart, I'm done for. Are you the same way? You might not be. It seems that there's always someone there that looks at you like you're crazy because it doesn't affect them the same way that it affects you. Maybe you're that person and that's okay. Or, Or maybe you're like an angry crier that's possible. Or how about this? Maybe you normally are pretty even keeled, but you become slowly like a Coke can being shaken and shaken and shaken up until sometimes you just emotionally explode. And it's rare. Crying can mean a single tear. Crying inside is a real thing. Then there's a good hard cry where the world feels like it's escaping your body through your eyes. Hollywood is huge on presenting entertainment that is geared toward making us emotional sometimes. It's always been there, either through story, performance, or both. Even kids' movies do this. Love stories do this. It's everywhere, from the child movie The Fox and the Hound to something like Life is Beautiful. Movies really can be touching. They can be moving. I remember one occasion that I note as a personal example of this. Maybe this didn't affect you the way that it affected me. But in 1982, I was 10 years old. And I went to go see E.T., the extraterrestrial. I don't know exactly what it was. It could have been relating to the kid that looked like he was around my age. It could have been compassion for the creature that wanted to go home. It could have been the musical score. It could have been that this movie spoke to many that may have had imaginary friends conjured up in their lives that they could escape and join when their parents started fighting or when they were lonely. It could have been number or all of these things, but for whatever reason, that movie hit me emotionally at the time like a truck. I was emotionally pummeled after seeing that movie. And I'm going to tell you something. To this day, I've never rewatched it. Part of me wonders on some level if it would affect me now at the much older age I am in completely different circumstances. But honestly, I've been too afraid to try. Do you do you have a movie like that? How about a song? How about a television show or a specific episode of one? Well, here are some recommendations if you want some. These are a little older. 
these were made to move us and generally they succeed in their purpose. There's a film, for example, called Imitation of Life from 1958. Good Lord. In this one, there are two mothers who share an apartment and each woman has a daughter. One of the women wants to be an actress so badly that she totally ignores the daughter and is totally self-centered and single-minded in her quest for stardom. That's all really she cares about. The daughter is by the wayside. The other daughter from the other mother is half African-American, and she desperately spends the rest of the film trying to pass as white, much to her mother's heartache, to the point where she literally does not want her fully African-American mother to acknowledge her, to even know who she is as her daughter anymore in public. The acting is phenomenal and it tears at your heartstrings. There's also the Italian film, The Bicycle Thief by Vittorio De Sica from 1948. This follows the story of a poor father searching in Rome for his stolen bicycle because without the bicycle, he's gonna lose his job and jobs are scarce and this is the only income for his family. And then you have the dilemma of what should I do? And should I continue the chain of potentially stealing somebody else's livelihood through stealing their bicycle? Movies like this were made to move. Like the old uh, rush moving pictures play on words. And, and here's another question. How sometimes do the same tears come from the same eyes motivated by completely different emotions? Well, Healthline's website had a great piece on this called Good News, Happy Tears Serve a Purpose. Listen to this. It says, happy tears are a great example of dimorphous expression. Here, dimorphous means two forms. These expressions come from the same place, but show up in different ways. You see, when you cry for any reason, you send a message to anyone who can see you, whether you want to or not. The act of crying lets others know that your emotions have overwhelmed you temporarily, which can in turn signal that you're in need of comfort or support. And you know what? That's even true of happy tears. It continues by saying that humans are, generally speaking, social creatures. This social nature can play a part in the desire to share intense experiences and seek solidarity and comfort in good times as well as bad times. So even something like happy crying, then it may be one's way of saying, hey, please share this wonderful moment with me. Crying tells everyone around you, what's happening right now means something to me. In this way, crying serves as an important social function especially when you feel way too overcome to string a sentence together. I find it interesting as well that culture has a lot to do with whether or not, say, a man feels comfortable crying in front of other people. Women, too. Uh, they already battle, often, not being taken seriously by some males. Some may repress tears to not confirm to these males, you know, viewing them as being weak, which is sad. But men, though, are often told, you got to man up. You got to act like a man, especially in the United States, where, where men showing affection is often viewed as soft. 
So a lot of men, they hide their tears behind either being funny or they swing the balance way to the other side by being, you know, Marlboro men of sorts. And look at the result as written in the Huntington Post article, Why Shouldn't Men Cry? It says in the last paragraph, if crying wasn't a normal biological process, then it wouldn't happen as an uncontrolled response. The process that isn't normal is to block crying because doing so prevents someone from experiencing a natural response and having an emotional release. The alternative to suppressing feelings by not addressing or blocking them, but unresolved emotional or psychological issues can be released in other forms. So maybe if you repress the tears, you try to make up for it with alcohol or drugs, or you have a mental breakdown, abusive behavior, or even worse, death or suicide. So what about this? Why do we sometimes cry when we laugh? One school of thought is that people cry while laughing because of too much pressure around the tear ducts due to the body shaking during strong laughter. These are called reflex tears, which occur when the eyes come in contact with an irritant such as a strong gust of wind or the aroma of a freshly sliced onion. But are these the same as emotional tears? Not always. In fact, usually not. Emotional tears are produced in response to an experienced emotion, such as sadness or anxiety. Happy tears, a lot of times, it's different. So, like, we can have something in our eye while feeling absolutely no emotion, and our eye may tear up. So that's possible. That makes sense. There is something else to analyze here as well. Uh, in closing... When it comes to the repression of tears, or especially covering over them with humor, especially self-effacing humor, that becomes dangerous territory. I'm going to prove it to you. Listen, please, for a moment to a small list of people. And this by no means is a comprehensive list. Tony Hancock, Richard Jenny, Marilyn Monroe. Max Linder, Paul McCullough, John Belushi, Chris Farley, Mitch Hedberg, Judy Garland, Freddie Prince, and Robin Williams. The connection? You probably guessed all of these were either comedians or character actors or actresses that either died of a suicide or from an overdose. They were the life of the party, but they were sad. The tears of a clown concept really is a real thing. Maybe these people had outlets, maybe they didn't. But we knew most of these on the surface as publicly bubbly and often totally hilarious people. This tells me as a person that while I don't want to be morbid and self-centered in either a positive or a negative sense, I want to be honest with myself. In other words, we can be sad. It's okay. We can laugh until we cry. That's okay too. Because ultimately, it's better to be here and experience the good and the hard things that are thrown at us compared to the alternative of not being here. In other words, 
it's better to be bored to tears than bored to death. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that might just bring a tear to your eye. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Something in My Eye playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash something in my eye. I like this because these aren't all heart-wrenching songs. Some are but some are happier in tone and delivery. Like the first one. The first one is some killer garage music. Track one is called Cry Over Her by the band The Malibus, which was released in 1966. It's a good one. That's song number one. Song number two is called Tearjerker by Jad Fair and Kramer. I interviewed Jad Fair a few years ago. You may know him from the band Half Japanese. He's a very eclectic guy. Number three is Alice Cooper with I Never Cry. Really good song. Number four, a really different sounding song by Frank Sinatra called Dry Your Eyes. I like it. Number five, an awesome R&B song from 1973 by The Intruders called Teardrops. I love that perfectly recorded pop of the snare drum on this one, especially the first time you hear it. Number six, the Pretenders with their version of the Kinks song, Stop Your Sobbing. Number seven, the melodramatic track, Crying, by Roy Orbison. You know, anytime I mention him, I'm obligated to both myself and to you to mention that I used to know a woman named Becky (laughs) who looked exactly like Roy Orbison. I couldn't live with myself if I didn't mention that whenever any talk of Roy Orbison lands on the table. Number eight, kind of a lost in the shuffle track. It's from 2112 by Rush. The song is called Tears. Now, why this wasn't a a, a rock staple or a soft rock staple, I don't know, but I'm kind of glad because that way it wasn't overplayed and it's still really nice to hear. Number nine. Number nine is a band that is often pigeonholed into their area of popularity. I hate when that happens. But for my money, this song is timeless. Uh, The song is called When the Children Cry, and the band is White Lion. Uh, Their guitarist, Vito Brado, was simply wonderful. Uh, Even on their MTV-fueled hit song, Wait, which is super poppy, take the time to listen to the guitar solo in that song. It is one of the most technically efficient and melodically charged solos ever done, in my opinion. It was like a song within a song. It's just perfect. I'm not scared to like bands because the look that they had at the time is no longer popular. And this is an example of that. When the Children Cry, excellent song. Number 10 is the song Violet by Seal. When this came out, I was a young guy and I was just obsessed with what was happening sonically and vocally on this particular song. This guy obviously went to Stevie Wonder's 1970s School for Atmosphere and graduated with honors. It's so good. And I chose it specifically for this lyric, which is a perfect marriage with the music. He sings, And if I told you then that I could cry, would you take my tears and watch the sunrise? 
A man afraid has no shame. So when you take those tears, don't look to see. I'm all right. Good stuff. There's film samples going on amongst the deep atmosphere, including dialogue from The Sicilian, uh, the movie based on the Mario Puzo novel. Uh, this is a headphone track for sure. Enjoy. Well, that's it. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash something in my eye. Hey, I wanted to pass something awesome along to you all out there. Did you know that having a plant around can actually be psychologically good for you? It's been proven. With that, I want to tell you about a great company called Leafy. Here's what they do. They offer plants to help brighten your atmosphere psychologically. And don't get me wrong, this is not just plant sales. It's unique. They provide a pot that comes with a wick and a reservoir. In other words, it makes plant care really easy. If you're not one that always takes the best care of plants, they make it easy for you. They provide the plants and the soil too, if you'd like. But here's the concept. What they really want you to do is take it with you. It can stay with you in your car. It'll fit in the cup holder. It'll fit in the cup holder of a backpack. You could take it to work. You see, it not only creates a nice, refreshing atmosphere, but it also can provide potential psychological benefits as well as a great icebreaker to start conversation. Leafy's entire purpose is to surround you with a unique and healthful character imbued in every living plant to make you feel good naturally, to vastly improve the quality of your surroundings, your home, your office space, and even if you were to take it on your next epic road trip. So, so go and check them out online. It's Leafy. Listen super carefully. It's spelled L-E-A-F-V-E. And you can find them at L-E-A-F-V-E dot com. Be sure and tell them that the Refresher Podcast sent you. Great news. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to the program. Our demographics report show that we now have listeners in Leinster, Ireland, which is one of the provinces situated in the southeast and east of Ireland. We are so happy that you're listening. Welcome to Refresher. Guys, this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Let people that you think might benefit from it or like it, let them know that we exist. Feel free to make reference to us on your social media if you have it and if you're comfortable with that. Also, if you'd like to keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. It can be as little as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But constant disclaimer, whether you do that or whether you don't, please just realize that you don't have to. Feel free to listen to this and enjoy it anytime that you want. This is your podcast, whether you contribute or don't. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Refresher.